playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. So I spent, I really spent six and a half hours yesterday for the first time, and I don't know how long I spent six and a half hours playing a video game trying to beat a boss. And I'm obsessed with this stupid game now. Well, my new gig is play it to about 2.30 in the morning. I can't. I'm too old for that nonsense, man. And since we have the Switch, so my wife would always be like, hey, you know, I don't want you staying down here while I go to sleep every night. But with the Switch, I can bring the <laughs> Nintendo yell, with me. But I yell at it. I, I, I'm going to yell at this thing. Oh, yeah. Do you, have a, do you have a thing you yell? I have a thing I oh. yell. I have one thing I say every time. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is exactly um, what I say every time. Lots of times. Uh, I'm I'm fine. I have like full hearts and one dude comes and hits me once. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right. Or lots of times I'll be like, damn it, Jason. My my kids have picked up the damn it, Jason. That's my refrain. Oh, see, I never get, I, yeah, I just, or else, I, I will tell some of the characters to go fuck themselves. I don't fuck yourself. <laughs> well, you get pissed. So this is, welcome to uh, Bastard Pastors, but this is our... This is our great dilemma is should we be doing a podcast or should we be going to play Zelda? Mm. Um, Brad Hargis wants us to start a new podcast called Nintendads. Oh, nice. But I think you could do it. My thing is I don't care what. I don't know if I play enough games. Right. But no, I wouldn't do it with me and him or me and you doing a podcast, playing games. I would do it with us, with our kids, comparing new games to old games. So could they play like, because my kids... My kids sucked at Mario Brothers. Like the original Super Mario Brothers, they oh, yeah. sucked my at kids, it. And, my um, kids can't get the controls. And they don't think it's fun because you die. They're like, right. what, you can't continue? No, you nope. can't continue. Game's over. You start Game's the over. Um, but it is the first time because I work from home, every day I walk past my house, past my living room, like, I could, I just put in like 15 minutes. Well, and I have to debate, like, I go pick the kids up and I'm usually in the car for about 20 minutes waiting. I'm but, like, well, I could just take the switch to me and get 20 minutes in. Why would you absolutely do that? (laughs) Why would you not do that? Well, I am really, you have a good case here. I'm really apprehensive about taking mine out because I'm like, don't drop in, break in. Yeah, I don't take mine with me because I'll just sit somewhere else and play this all the time. And it's really bad. It's it's the most fun of that. Although, where was I? Oh, last week, a good friend of ours started making fun of us for like being excited about a video game like it was childish. Like this isn't like like you guys are grown men playing video games. Like there's still this thing where it's Who not okay. Um, Who was it? It happened in church last Sunday while we were setting up. Oh right right right. <laughs> That's right. Where um, and I it wasn't Voldemort. It wasn't the podcast. It wasn't Voldemort. <laughs> it was not. Although he, he wouldn't stoop that low, he'd be like, "Video games, that's amateur stuff." <laughs> that, that, that doesn't hurt their. Psyche. I don't dig at your. That doesn't dig at your their psyche nearly enough. Um, but there is still this weird thing. Uh, GQ had a mag- an article saying, "Should a grown man be playing portable video games?" He's like, "Not, not that it was wrong to play, but like, should you be seen?" People are doing all that shit on their phone, anyways. Right. <laughs> What's the difference in that or surfing Facebook? Right. So, uh, <laughs> one playing... of them gives you some problem solving skills. Right. One of, and one hand of, eye coordination. One of them I used to create lots of problems with. <laughs> I think I bet all of your Facebook feeds suck now that I'm not on Facebook. Oh yeah, I, I've been sure on I Facebook do. for I've been off Facebook for Lent, and it's I hate to admit how good how probably healthy it's been for me. Um, I know that it's like a drug. I know that it's created to operate like a drug. That's supposed to reward your. Do you think you'll get back on when you're done? I don't think I'll put the app back on my phone. Ooh, I think that's nice. I think I might keep it like because I do I communicate with it a lot. Right, and I. Uh, and there's just time where time wasting is okay. Yeah. Um, I look. You guys know I use Facebook when I drive. I like. I'm not. There's nothing good about that. So like, I just get bored. I don't see any signs about not Facebooking and driving. It's texting. <laughs> I. This is where this is where people start to hate me. 
actually, I know people at this church that hate me for this. I still don't buy that you can't be a good text. You can't text and drive. I talk text. That's how I do everything. That's you do why talk they're all like weird typos. <laughs> um, so the one of the discussions we've been having lately is um, how much this should become like legend specific. How much should this should be specifically about the church you and I work at, and become just a way to diffuse information to people yep. that go to our church. Well, one guy busted my chops. He was like, "I was like, yeah, we're just trying to figure out something." He's like, "I feel like you guys are just trying to come up with a shtick. You should just talk." And I was like, "Tyler, of course." And uh, <laughs> um, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's good. I guess I am always trying to come up with a shtick, and that's." So he was right. Well, I think you have yeah, to differentiate man. yourself. Though. Like, go to a podcast, right? Go to go to the iTunes app on your phone and look for podcasts. There's a billion. Right. There's a billion. So you have to find a way to give people something to search for and pay attention to. Um, though I was thinking the other day, one of the interesting things about this, because Legend's gotten so hectic, people don't ever get to see you and I interacting. I know. They don't ever true. get to see you and I talking about the same thing, to see difference of opinions, to see where we're... We operate autonomously. We've effectively, over the last couple of years, have turned to the pact. We're like, I'll see you on Thursday and right. sometimes on Sunday. Yeah. And then we run run things independently a lot. Maybe that'll change. Maybe that'll change. We'll see. <laughs> Our big, uh, for those of you who, I think my guess is everybody knows this. Maybe not. Our big, uh, like, big decision we've had to make recently is that we were approached by uh, distinguished bastard pastors. Very alumni. distinguished He's, a, he's an alumni yes. for us, uh, yes. Tom Thatcher. And um, and then Dave Workman, the head pastor at the former head pastor at the Big Vineyard in Cincinnati, approached us about doing what I thought was consulting, but what I learned the other night as a better word to use was audit. Oh. So it was amazing because they kept referring to what they want to, the, the services they wanted to sort of work with the church as an audit. That's funny. I didn't even pick up and on not a part. And it, it, I mean, Now that you said it, I can... I immediately saying. watched two people's shoulders drop about this because I guess audit is a... Because the way audit would work is audit's designed to analyze you, what you say you want versus what you do. Right. To see how those two things work together versus a, cons- a consult is normally somebody else does this better than you. Here's what you can learn from them. Right. So are we putting down the uh, the book we were all reading? I think so. <laughs> I just, we're going to ask a lot over the next two months from people anyway, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we were approached by these guys to do this audit. And at first it was met with, uh, some hostility. I was shocked that. So I walked out of the first time. Well, he won me and you over with complimentary words. <laughs> it doesn't take much. It doesn't take, <laughs> it take, much. It take much. He was if like, "You want to get guys, some money from our church? Just come say something nice." You to guys us. are awesome, and now you should do this. And so we're like, "All right, sounds sure, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, sounds like you already know what's up. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you see it. <laughs> so the way this worked is he met with us. Uh, Pastor Workman from the Vineyard met Pastor with us Workman. and said, hey, we'd like to do this. And we're like, oh, okay, we need to figure out what it's going to cost, blah, blah. And then he shows up on a Sunday morning while I'm out of the country. So it's just you guys. Does a quick... I did not say what he said I said. I would not say that. No, no, I, yeah. I, he, he said I said, what the hell are you doing here? I would not say that. I'm sure my face said that. <laughs> I'm sure my demeanor said that. I was just like, oh, hey, you weren't supposed to show up today. Like... <laughs> For some reason, I like it when new people come and I'm not preaching. That way, I can just you know talk to them because I for some reason when I'm preaching, I don't. If they don't come back, it's my fault. (laughs) No, not that. (laughs) I mean, sure, but it's like I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm so hit or miss. Like I could be on or I could just be way off, and so I don't know what's gonna be. And I'm like, oh, you're pretty. I feel you're constant. So I was like, oh, you should come when Jason's here. 
This so is, anyways, this is the known product. He didn't. This is the known product. But so he came to our church and had a really, 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 really enjoyed Justin's sermon. Really enjoyed Monty leading worship. Um, and felt like he said, "There's two things that churches have to do well. You have to do preaching well. You have to do music well, and not by technically well, but engaging, passionate, like what connecting." He felt like we did those. He felt like we sucked at everything else. Yeah, he was like, "You guys." He hates our building. And by everything else, like the building, the signage. He kind of walked in, and there was like no one. Which is and weird. he was like, where, do, where should I go? And he just followed some Wandered random people into a door. And he's like, oh, that's where it's at. Um, Which, fair enough. There, it, there, is look, what it is. There are lots of things that we don't do well. Um, but so then he came and met with us and had the, all this praise for us. and then, But also had some questions about like our purpose. What do we do? Why are we doing it? What's the goal? And those kind of things. And then offers to do some work with our leadership team about this. And so we were pretty excited and I went to our leadership team with it and Justin and I presented at our normal team meeting and I, man, it got super like heavy real quick. Whereas right. I really thought this was sort of a no brainer. Yeah. People's initial response was really sort of defensive, I guess is the way to right. put it. Well, and it comes, it came to this ultimate notion or idea of if we've built a church around community like that's that's the key factor of how we build into each other, how we encourage each other, how we love each other, how we serve each other. Like this is our deal, right? And the people who have stepped into that have really clung to it. Right. Uh, whatever this said to them challenged that. Yeah. So I think that was and what people couldn't. Part of that I think was in the way we presented it. As I look back now, I think it's probably well because we... I don't think anyone else thinks like me and you. Like, man, this this isn't great. We're not right. doing as good as we could. Right. Well, that's... and everyone else is like, well, this is great. I show up once a week and it's kind of nice. <laughs> got some time. friends. Yeah. If I need something, someone's got it for me. So we had we had that meeting, and our leadership team said, well, we like to hear the presentation, but there was this sort of defensiveness around it. Right. Which is okay. I think it's part of their job. I'm on the Oakley Community Council. Our job is to protect and preserve Oakley. Right. So part of our job is to to ask hard questions to say no. We don't, like the Robocops of Oakley. Yeah, yeah, that's what we are. But, so when a new business comes in, right now, that hothead burrito's for sale, the developers Did look... Did you see all the hot jive on that well, next door? I and mean, I put it... I actually posted it. I was like, dang it. But that, I just wanted to see how much they were selling it for. And, well, but that's so that... Um, the organization that owns that property now is... They, they develop strip malls and they develop fast oh, food restaurants. The parking lot idea was not a bad idea. The parking lot idea is not a bad idea, but you can't make any money on that. But, um, oh, yeah, I just thought it was a service. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, it's not protect and serve, it's protect and preserve. Well, we couldn't buy it. We couldn't afford the property. Oh, yeah. As the community sure council, the city would have to buy it. But it'd be a nice ranchery location. You have parking. Yeah. You guys actually could use extra space, too. Um, but so, anyway, there's this, there is this. I appreciate our, our leadership team has always been there to support Justin. I've never felt that they, that I worried about that and, and really to defend the church against particularly maybe our bad ideas or our impulsiveness or our, cause I will just jump at things and be all in. Um, right. But so then the next week we take it to our like town hall meeting. Town hall meeting. And Elsie, who was on this podcast two weeks ago, <laughs> she lost her mind. And she was, who furious. is this man coming in telling us that we're not going? She, I mean, she was madder than all hell. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, a lot of people were really, you had a, that was sort of like listening to people. You had like an epiphany that actually people really like our church. Yeah, that was it. That was the first time I ever heard it. Because a bunch of people effectively said, um, we're good enough right now the way we are. Although my guess is that you and I have always felt like it could always be better. Right, right. It could always be or, better. Or, and that's my, that's always been my problem with, I mean, he said it, I've heard that statistic a thousand times that 
the most that a person can, most relationships a person can maintain is 150, which is about where we're at. About where we're at. And uh, I don't know how to go past that. And I don't know how, and not that's that right. that's the goal is to go past that, but it just seems like it's happening whether we want it to oh, or not. Right. So now I feel like there's people that aren't being taken care of or people who aren't being... Connected you know, to. connected to, and that's what they're looking for. Like, cause right now to get in at our church, you just have to come guns a blazing and right. with a bold personality. We're like, whoa, okay, shit, you're in, <laughs> you're in. All right, you're in. Um, and uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's just like you can sit on the outskirts and hopefully you connect to someone randomly. Well, it's interesting because so the Tom's prayer at the end of that. So so fast forward, our people in our church have a pretty vehement. Either, like, I don't know if it's one word. No was the default response. We right. don't want to. We don't want to invest time or money into this. Right. And so I said, well, have these guys come to our leadership team meeting, and they came and did, a, did what I thought was a really good presentation to say, hey, here's where we think we can we can work with you guys and help you guys be pick up some some slack, pick up areas where you guys have have missed some things, and um, but the prayer at the end of it was actually really interesting because Tom's first prayer was that you and I would be confident what God's called us to do <laughs> and not to downplay what we've done, what we're doing and what we're going to do in the future. And I was like, Oh, he saw through all of us. <laughs> like, dang it. it would, Cause the first eight episodes of this podcast was us talking about our insecurities or about right. what we suck at, what we suck at, which I feel like we could probably do for the rest of time. We can, right. we're fairly in tune. What would you say you're good at when it comes to church? Well, I probably wouldn't say anything. I'd no, probably... right now you have to say something you're good at. What would it be? Hopefully preaching. That's the thing I want to be good at is preaching. I think probably the thing I default to is serving other people. So I Uh, will, by default, say yes if you ask me to do something for you because it's my job to serve people. Whether whether I want to, whether I feel it or not, um, it is my job as a follower of Jesus, not as a pastor. As a follower of Jesus, it's my job to serve people. And I think that I do a relatively good job of doing that and not grumbling about it. I think when when you say preach, I think... I've come to the realization, I used to balk against this, but I don't know, that there's two elements. There's the real, and then there's an entertainment right. part of it. And I think, and I don't feel like we do entertainment-driven services at all, but <laughs> to communicate for yeah. 20 to 40 minutes, you better be somewhat entertaining. Or you got, you, maybe Engaging. you're telling a compelling story Engaging. or something. So I've actually embraced that part of it, or I used to shy away from it. And be like, "Well, I don't know, it's not, it's not even what it's about," <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> the last two week, the last two times I preached, the, this week I did a whole exposition on the difference between John Cena and Hulk Hogan, and I thought that was gonna bomb. I thought cool. everybody, I thought everybody was gonna hate. It is funny though. I only know John me. Cena from movies. He's in a lot. You mean Hogan or Cena? No, Cena. John Cena's in movies. He's in a ton of movies. The pro- a, John Cena? Yes, he is. That's all that I know. I said that when you were preaching. I like, thought you were talking about Hulk Hogan. No, no, no. I knew Hulk Hogan only has, a, what, six? I actually named eight of them the other day. Eight <laughs> movies when we were at your birthday party. We named eight Hulk Hogan movies. <laughs> what are the John um, Cena movies? He's in. He's a cameo in everything. He was in Trainwreck. He was uh, Amy Schumer's girl, uh, uh, boyfriend. Okay. Uh, he was just in something. I, I mean... His, in the, I bet in the last two years, I bet he's been in 12 movies. That's hilarious. Uh, I had no as a, it, you know, He's never a, a main yeah, role. Yeah, he's yeah. always like the muscle. Yeah. Or like, but he always plays a guy who looks like he's an MMA fighter who's going to come kick your ass, but he's like soft. Yeah. Like that's his that's okay. his shtick in okay. the movies. He's always like, whereas like Hulk Hogan was like Suburban Commando yeah. and, oh, I'm you know, here to Rocky. stay. Or, or he just played a wrestler. Hulk right. Hogan just always played a wrestler. To fill, to fill the listeners in on this, <laughs> my family... 
my wife and I used to be full into pro wrestling. We walked away from it. Our boys rolled up. You down. walked away from it. I pictured you guys in shame, like dropping your dropping your signs on the girl, like uh, what three sixteen Austin three sixteen no, no, signs. Kim and would, we would have been Degeneration X man. And then like Degeneration X and NWO. Oh no, Kim would have been Heart Foundation. See, the the irony is, I bet me and you were at the same NWO or whatever it was wrestling thing. It was here. In, it was my. It would have been nineteen ninety seven. Oh, my remember. freshman year of college. Yeah, we were there. Uh, it was downtown at the First Star. I don't know what yeah. it was called then. U.S. Bank. No, U.S. Bank now. U.S. Bank now. It was First Star then. Yeah. And it was like back when it was like Hulk Hogan was a bad guy. Yeah. And everyone kept saying, he's going to show up tonight, but he didn't. Hulk Hogan is a bad guy. is the greatest um, thing in the history of American pop culture. And we went because the girl I dated from Kentucky was way sure. into it. And sure. so I went and it was like, it's kind of fun. I, I, you know, I didn't drink or anything back right. then, so it probably would have been way more fun if I drank. But we're taking our kids on Easter Sunday. She made a sign, and everything. Oh, we'll make signs. We're, I think for Easter Sunday we're gonna make it because we're watching WWE in Cincinnati on Easter Sunday, and I think we're gonna make a sign that says Jesus got up. Can you? <laughs> it's way more fun to uh, watch. And, <laughs> it's silly. I mean, but, yeah. I, I always the thing is that's interesting is the culture around it has changed, which I've heard they're actually getting back to. Because when we were little, For if kids. you weren't into it, it didn't yeah. matter. Everyone knew Iron Sheik and Junkyard Dog and yeah. Hulk Hogan and Jake the Snake and uh, Rowdy Rowdy. You all knew them because they were in cartoons. Yeah. You had toys and you had... There's a new Jetsons cartoon that's about all WWE what? characters. It just came out. That's kind of cool. Straight to um, <laughs> uh, But I think it lost that code. It started getting <gasps> old. It grew probably with its audience. Yeah. We were all there. So it grew into its... Yeah. And it became it was, like... It was more mature. Yeah, I don't, I don't to... actually stop, but... I remember having the, you remember having the thumb figures oh, yeah. and on the ring, yeah, and then the big well, so heavy now, like Andre the Giant. They've got distinctly different. Man, this this thing can just turn into a whole wrestling podcast. And <laughs> that, that, I just everything I just said was the extent of my knowledge. Oh no, I could go for hours. No, I mean I remember all those characters. Louis, the yeah. guy who always had a sandwich in his mouth. Yeah, uh, all of them. But then George the Animal Steel just died. I think. Oh yeah. I think when Mankind, that era is right when I started Mankind checking out. I remember the, Ultimate Warriors and Mankind. And that's sort of where dude, I checked out. The Ultimate out. Warrior had to come back in the late 90s, which was the worst thing I've ever oh, seen in my life. Oh, was he old? It was crazy. Was he like, like the wrestler old? Yeah, he really was. Um, man, mankind is still in it. How they, many are still alive? Macho Man Randy Savage died, right? Yeah, I think he's dead. Uh, Ric Flair, I think, is still alive. Rowdy Roddy Piper is like a, is he like... I thought he just died. Did he die? I, I, I thought so. I heard he did. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's true. But so anyway, my family's full of pro wrestling. But, so I've been working really hard over the last, since the beginning of the year. Did he wear any underwear under his guilt, Rowdy Rowdy yeah, Piper? I'm sure he did. Because I, I don't think he wrestled in it. I think he took it off. Oh, did he like, take it off? Shorts, whatever. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> that so, was my big thought there. Did he wear underwear? I don't remember seeing balls. St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. <laughs> I got my kill out I already. got mine ready. Um, but so, so I've been trying to construct these sermons around a narrative a narrative format, not to tell a story, but using the same elements of a narrative. And um, one of the things is you have to have a, a uh, an introduction that sort of introduces attention, which we're going to use the Hulk Hogan John Cena for. My ultimate goal now on this is to, if you watch The Simpsons, their introduction is always a head fake. It's always, it's never related to the story. The first five minutes of right. the story is always completely disconnected from the main plot. Right, right. And so I'm trying to come up with, can I do an introduction that's good enough Oh, Modern Family does that. Fake. They always have their right before the, uh, yeah. right before the, you know, the introduction. They always have something that really has nothing to do with the rest of this. But the Simpsons do it after their credits. The Simpsons do it during the point of time when the story narrative should right. be being introduced. Huh. And it's always this like random like it'll be a hard right turn in the middle of a of a middle of a series of jokes that'll launch you into the actual story that's being told, 
And I lo- I think it's fascinating that they get away with this sort of what's essentially like a significant like just head juke like in basketball right. and um, but so anyway these these dudes have come and asked us asked us to be to help legend and the I met with so Tom who's been on the pod is a good friend of mine uh, somebody that I look up to and respect a lot and he wanted to meet ahead of time just to ask me what I thought and we were talking and he had big questions about like. What is it that legend does? What is it? What is your purpose? If you had to set aside goals, if you had to set to come up with, here's why we're here. What would be answer that question? And I, I think I have answers. My guess is if you thought about them, you would have answers. My guess is that everybody on our leadership team has answers. My guess is you could create a good Venn diagram. Where a lot of the answers overlap. Right. But we've never sat down and said, here's who as an organization we're trying to be and trying to do and where we're trying to go. Hmm. Um, and part of that, we've resisted some of that. Right. Right. And I, somebody got, somebody got a little tense with me when I gave the, the answers, the answer for me has always been Matthew 28, right? The, the great commission of go and baptize the nation and, and all the, in the name of Jesus. And all church mission statements essentially come down to some variation on that. Right. right. Anyway. So, yeah. um, but my question is, is can we, can you do the good work that mission statements are core values and all that kind of crap? Can you get the good results can, without throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Right. Can you do the good part yeah. of that? The, the place they got me is because I don't care about mission statements and stuff like that. But when he's asking, he starts asking those questions in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, we don't know the answer to these. Right. <laughs> as soon as he I was like, good job on all, everyone trying. Like, Kristen Willison's answer is she so did, yeah. sweet and yeah. nice. And I'm like, it's really good. Maybe she should go with that one. So this it was interesting listening to the folks on our leadership team sort of tell the stories. Because what was the question he asked? I, the answer I remember is Christian talking about Jason and Justin's vision for the church, and the, and I was. But like, then I knew that he was going to say, "She finished her thing. Uh, we bought into it. We loved it." And I knew, it? I knew, I knew it. I was like, "Man, he's fucking writing on that computer." <laughs> I'm like, and he sure enough, he's like, "Hey, earlier you said Jason and Justin's vision. What? Well, what is that?" I'm like, "Oh, damn it!" And the whole time I'm like, "I wonder what it is." I wonder too. Because <laughs> uh, one of the things that Tom, so Tom was my he's the one professor that I just made sure to sign up for every semester. He's seen this grow from a church of 20 to a church of 150. He's been my friend and somebody that I give gives me advice all the time through that. Um, he's been able to see us. We very much, I think, even unintentionally started as a, we're not going to be X. We're not going to be a mega church. We're not going to be the denominational churches we came out of. We're not going to be the non-denominational churches we came out of. Right. We knew enough to knew what we didn't like from the church. And so we knew enough to keep those things away. Right. And then whatever filled in in the gap is what filled in in the gap. Whatever made it through the filter of not that is what we've become. Yeah. Which I think is okay. Yeah, I mean, to use a stupid word, but it really fits our sense, it really was organic. Like, we yeah. started it because then the only thing we had in common was this Jesus character, and that's really it. That <laughs> We got together people, like, well, you like that guy? So do we, so let's talk about that. And then it wasn't until a couple years in until we could actually even, because our sermons we were even so, like, aimed at nothing but like, oh here's a good thought right, a you good know thought. uh but that's then, still partially true well then after a while now at least i know i know what this group needs to hear. needs yeah. to hear or i can feel that this is something we're lacking and we can talk about it or this is something that's uh you know necessary for right now whereas back then i was just like well i don't know sure yeah yeah. Let's, let's love each other. Kim, uh, so this past week, we're preaching through the seven woes in Matthew 23, which are heavy, right? It's it's non-hippie Jesus. It's it's Jesus that'll burn your stuff down. And uh, 
And so the one I had last week sort of asked the question about you evangelizing them, make them twice the sons of hell you are. And I asked the question, what are we evangelizing people to? Which also begs the question, what are we evangelizing? And at the end of my sermon, I improvised a line. I wish I wouldn't do this, but I improvised a line that said, it's not up to you to determine whether you're going to go out and, and evangelize people. That's that job has been given to you, hmm. whether you want it or not. And the, and particularly to the church as a whole, maybe because I, as I think about the other individuals that I know that I don't want going out and, and being, <laughs> Hey, the how about you stay at home? How about you, how about you stay home? Um, but the flip side of that, Kim said, this is the first, this is lately is the first time I see both you and Justin feeling comfortable saying, Hey, this is what this means. And this is what you should do. Right. Like the, at the end of the day, I've always thought this, you and I are experts as far as it goes. Right. In both, in both Bible. And we've been doing it forever. In both Bible and, That's and, cool and to, to some degree church, we know right. what we're doing in this context. Right. Um, we don't know what next looks like, which is where we're sort of struggling. And that's why we're talking right. to a consultant about. Um, but so it's only been lately that you and I think are growing into the role of pastor that is not just friend. Right. Pastor that's not just listener. That's an important part of our job. Right. But pastor that also says, yeah, yeah. But what about this? Yeah. I guess it's way better to grow into that than to be yeah. <laughs> pretend that you're yeah. that in the beginning. Well, you should do this because well, because at some level we've earned some right. Well, and it's good to see us grow too. Like you know, I've had to just recently learn that there, like even the word evangelism used to make me cringe because sure. like it came with like sure. whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like you know. Uh, you know, have you made Jesus Christ first right, Lord and Savior? Right. It sounds like bad news, not good news, or whatever else it is. And uh, I wonder if that guy would be on our podcast, man. Oh, shit. I thought about it the other day. I was like, I hate. I don't that think guy you could do awesome. it. I think you'd yell. At hey, him. Walls, what do you think now? <laughs> he would only do it to get his to get his money. Ooh, <laughs> hey, we'll pay you your money if you get on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy who you, I think we talked about already, who was our church planning coach, who just get his horrible ideas. And he made Justin the angriest I've ever seen Justin I, do anything. It really was. I was so mad. I hung up one. Did I hang up? <laughs> yeah, multiple times. I, I might have pretended like, oh, God, I got a phone call. There you go. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we've grown, like, I've grown into reclaiming words and re uh, saying, hey, these words aren't bad. We've just used them in bad ways. And yeah. now we can, instead of shying away from them, to claim them boldly and say, oh, this is a real thought or idea. And let's rediscover how that works well, I, we are. And... I think that actually goes to with this, the, guy, the guys want to work this audit is I realized in my sermon this week. So if we're talking about evangelism, we're talking about winning, like getting people to come to the church and more importantly to come to know who Jesus is. Right. You're only going to do that. If you honestly think that Jesus is better than other things. Ultimately, I would say if my, if my Muslim neighbor comes up to me and says, should I be a Christian? Yes. Being a Christian is better than being a Muslim. I believe that Jesus is a closer answer to the truth than being than being a, a follower of Muhammad is. That's not a that's not a license to to attack or discriminate or to mistreat. Right. Or it's not even a dis. When you say it in that kind of, it's not a disrespectful like, oh, I think yours is crap. Yeah. But if you're asking me, you're asking me. And yeah. and ideally, they would probably say the same thing. Right. If you of course ask, they would. If, if you ask them, should I be a Muslim? Only, and doesn't that make it more beautiful? I only. Think? Only late twentieth century Christians are embarrassed to say that. Right. You've never met a mother, you've never met a Muslim who wouldn't say, "Oh, of course, following following the Prophet Muhammad is the highest. Is this, not, this is the highest revelation of God. Of course, you would follow." Well, I've gotten flack from two of my atheist friends for not claiming it boldly enough. They're think, like, "Hey, we respect you for who you are. Yeah. 
why are you always downplaying it? I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's new ground for the church to be in. Right. We have gotten to a place where we are vocally Christian, professionally Christian, and our our friends who are not believers are okay with that. Right. Because they know that we love them and we're there for right. them. And Which I think is the important part. And I'm not That's trying. why with church planners that come like, okay, we're going to do these quick three lovely community things. And now everyone's going to like think that like, you really got to invest that time. Which right. I think was our first couple of years of figuring right. out who's here, what to do. And then everyone kind of growing together too. I mean, I man, think. just even to say like that I... Or to have a whole church of people that says, yes, the way of Jesus is better than all other ways. Man, everything changes if you believe yeah. that. And I, my, my hope is that I can't. It, it, I was like, man, what if people don't think that? Or what if this is, this is, and, and my wife is actually, when she was on our leadership team, I think this was one of her driving ideas is there is a chance that everything just becomes a social group. Right. And not just churches. I think probably right. mosques and, 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 and synagogues and everything else. Um, because community is so important and needed. Right. Um, but it's been, it's been an interesting sort of thing. And I, I came to this realization like, oh, I really, what's it look like for me to believe in Jesus? To say, Jesus is, the way of Jesus is better. Right. Well, and it becomes tricky. And I think this is what I hope this group can help with is people come into it in different phases. So I think sure. there's going to be people who enter in our church who are still looking for that community yep. in which we created and found a while ago right uh we have still a love and accept that but are now pushed you know and maybe it's our phase of life to okay there's more than this right, like right, this right. isn't right. this isn't almost what you said earlier this isn't the the the, the scratch that's it, it, yeah. what is it the itch that scratches that scratch the itches whatever it is that's not even a thing <laughs> um, it's not that it's not um but so how can you be a place where people who are coming looking for that are finding it but also the people who are and I don't mean looking for more Bible study. Like that right. that's been one of my things where these I like Bible study. I think it's fun. Right. I think that the, there is way more you can do on your own than you can even do in other group. groups right. or in a one on one conversation right. with a pastor. I think that's right. Uh I'm not saying that we should have, you know, deeper Bible studies, but what does it mean to think about Jesus in deeper ways or God in bigger ways and how does it really and actually I don't even care about that as much as how's it changing how you're right doing everything else in right. your world. Right. How you process our president, how you process your job, how you process right. your uh, our, our depression or our loneliness, like all these things, right. how we process those things. Uh, is this belief affecting that? In the same way, going back to talking about someone who's Muslim or someone who practices Buddhism or any of these things, that I hope that that's the same thing for them. Like, if it's not, then it seems pointless. Why would you do it? Right. Why would you do it? The other day I was thinking the other I was I was being nice to somebody. They're like, "Why are you so nice?" I'm like, "Cause it's my gig. Cause I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm called to be nice." Right. I wouldn't do this if I was not a follower of Jesus. If I didn't, if I believed this was all bunk, right? I would drink more. I'd be nice to you if I, if for I got some reason, if thought, I got oh, okay, you're a good person to be. Which nice is how to most you. people treat the world anyway. Like it's where the the, the sort of well worn trope out of the late '90s evangelicals was like, the, "You're the, you're a practical atheist." Right. Right. You, you believe in you God. You wrote that book? Oh, Brian McLaren? Probably. I don't know. I actually <laughs> Practical Atheism. I try not to read most of those. And I've always tried not to read most Evidence of those. Evidence that demands a verdict. There's a movie coming out about that. Oh, right? are you serious? Well, yeah. Can we say 20 years too late? Yeah. We should have made that in like 94. The Stroll Case for Christ, dude? Yes. They're making a movie out of that. Oh, I, there's so, so much dumb. money in Christian movies, man. Evidence that demands... That was Josh McDowell. Josh McDowell, Evidence that demands a verdict. And then, yeah, Lee Strobel was the same exact book right. with Case for Christ. 
Then case for Christ for teens, case for Christ for parents, oh, case, case for, for Christ for singles, case for, case for creation, case for case for case for. I mean, case for hell. I'm sure. Dude, I'm sure. I'm sure. That dude's got a shtick, uh, and good for him, man. He's making more money than you and me right now. Because I wrote one thing, and now I can just write a look, couple little a things couple to little adopt things it. Even my favorite, like even a guy like like N.T. Wright, who I really respect, writes the scholarly book and then writes seven seven popular versions of it and then sells a lot of them. But yeah. he's still he's he's selling a million books a year. He's probably still not making any money. Nobody reads books. We books. we do podcasts, right? Now now people can listen to us while they exercise or whatever or in the car. That dude makes money just showing up. Just we'll pay up. you to just show up. And if you want to say something, do. That's the gig. It doesn't need. even matter. We, we need a speaker's gig, man. We need, we need people. We need to start advertising ourselves to like old denominational churches as we're the like, cutting edge Hey, we'll church. come in and make a hit. We'll consult. We'll go to consult. You ever heard of Axis? <laughs> <laughs> they don't call it that anymore. Oh, what do they call it? Just contemporary service. Oh, that's probably better. It's probably better. <laughs> We, Jason and I were both at a church where they started a new, cool, contemporary service. And it's an That's older church met. with all these, like, war vets and stuff. <laughs> and they called this second service Axis. And the older people would be like, hey, they were angry anyways because they didn't understand why they needed another service. Why wasn't theirs good enough? And there was probably no one to explain. Maybe this is something different. Uh, and I think they had a valid point there. But the second thing is... Why are you calling it? It would be the it would be the equivalent of us calling something Al Qaeda. Hey, we have a new service called Al Qaeda. <laughs> our new service called Al Qaeda. <laughs> we have a new one called Trump's oh, cabinet man, that's that meeting dude. together. Trump's cabinet's meeting every every Monday at <laughs> two. Like, that, that dude who was in charge of that was the just the. Worst. He's a pro wrestler. He could have been. He <laughs> comes all. He looks was, like Diamond Dallas. That Dallas dude Page. was super tall. And like not like fat, but like big, big. and like long curly hair Curled, with like and mullet. permed, yeah, mullet. mullet. I was he is a wrestler. He, I, he could, and like I could Di- actually see him wearing that. He looks underwear. like Diamond Dallas Page, man. <laughs> he looks like Diamond Dallas Page for another reference. But um, so anyway, it's this weird. I was telling Justin and I were talking with our children's pastor the other day about the first eight years of this. Not, not eight. The first five years of Legend have been emergency management. Like, oh, there's not enough money for us to get paid. For the for us to pay rent, a month six months from now, to now the emergency management is not if we're going to stay open. Yeah, the emergency management is there was one August get, where October was the deadline. Was <laughs> hey, after October, guys, you know we can still keep going. Just, just, like just no one's getting money or anything. I don't know about the building. <laughs> All right, and we knew we would keep going. Yeah, you know really, I mean? well, I guess we we'll probably be. shouldn't say that. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll keep doing this whether it pays or not. Um, but then the new emergency management is. Oh, there's there's fifty million things in the air, and we're juggling all of them. How do we make sure this keeps going? Which means that there's no time to say, "Oh, what's new?" There's no time to be creative. There's no time to to be thoughtful. There's no time to react to to plan out. There's only reaction, which is a terrible place to be. Right. Being reactionary is terrible, and so we're hoping that these guys. We're hoping one that Tom and Dave can be. Can just be a voice of wisdom. We should do a commercial for them on our podcast. Ooh, we should. We should. What, what is it called uh, again? Uh, Emer. Uh, no, executive. No. No. Elemental leadership. Yeah, elemental leadership. Check it out. It's new. It's fresh. <laughs> for for the forty two people that listen to this, and none of them are like, and none of them are pastors. pastors. Yeah. <laughs> I think pastors listen to the Brueggemann one, and, and that's it. I don't think anybody listens to anyone. Says I'm looking for some new leadership. Elemental leadership. Yeah. <laughs> uh, leadership. It's weird because leadership is the quickest way to get me to tune you out. It's true. Leadership, like talking about leadership. Every here that every church planner in the city that's like focused on leaders, I'm like I'm so bored with you. Um, I'm into the elements, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Earth, they, fire. They presented it I mean, well. I Captain Planet. <laughs> right. 
But like I said, I they should call themselves Captain. Oh, hey, I'm Captain Planet. <laughs> Nobody would get that. <laughs> no one would get Captain it. Captain Planet. Dude, Captain Planet was awesome. No, it was garbage. Uh, have you seen... You should go check this out. Here's another plug. Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. No. And he, he turns everyone into motherfucking trees. He's like, yeah, motherfucking tree. And he turns <laughs> someone into trees. It's, you gotta watch it. Anyway, it's YouTube. That was always garbage TV. Like, it was on... But it was always only on as a commercial that I knew it was on, but I never... You never watched Captain Planet? No. I mean, I never had the toys or anything, never. but... I, I had, watched, like, four cartoons and that's it. And they worshipped Gaia... <laughs> and God, well, I, I think Gaia believe... created Captain Planet there's gotta be uh, an angry Christian here's the thing is I wasn't allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons I wasn't allowed to like New Age Crystals my parents would give a shit if I watched Gaia worshipping well, Captain I mean, Planet it's TV. TV it's probably good um, my parents didn't check any cartoons cartoons always were fine uh, I do the remember. first cartoon that was bad do you remember Red and Snippy oh. uh, it was probably The Simpsons for you well, yeah what Simpsons was definitely for me but that was like Still under like the category of adult TV because it came on at night. Yeah. Uh, the Beavis and Butthead would be like, "Well, the kids can't watch this. So if the kids that are probably like watching it too, right?" It was late. Uh, no, yeah, but Kim it's... and I, Kim and I made Damn, time. Was it late? Oh yeah, because MTV Oddities because the Max came on. Yeah. The dude with the big alien Max, in his head. Uh, Eon Flux. Yeah, I forgot about that. The Max I watched, was great. I watched those secretly. In the my Max bedroom. was great. I downloaded every Max the other day. My parents thought having a cable in my bedroom by myself. I would not watch things I shouldn't watch. And uh, they were correct. <laughs> uh, the, the, my parents had us set up so that um, so that if you hit a button on the TV in the living room, you could watch what they were watching. Like it, really? It, it would, like, they didn't mean to. That's fancy cable. Well, no, no. It, oh, was, it was bootleg. It was accident. It was bootleg because so the way it worked was there was one cable feed that you could get to. The, the TV would oh, split it. And he like spliced it out? But if you hit a button, uh, one of the TV feeds, it would just take it back to the main feed. Oh. And whenever they sent us into like the next room because they were going to watch a radar movie or whatever, I always knew to pay attention and then flip that button. And that was probably like the first the first nudity I ever saw on television was because they were watching. Actually, the first wa- nudity- oh, so you could watch what they were watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first nudity I ever saw in a movie was Fatal Attraction. Uh, mine was Roadhouse, I think. Both equally like <laughs> destructive movies for. I can still remember sexuality. like phrases and scenes, and I had no idea what was going on. I he was like having sex. From, uh, which probably should not. <laughs> you should ask. <laughs> yeah, like I hit a limit in our podcast. Ask, I was like, yeah. Ask him about Roadhouse because my college roommate watched it with her in the room. <laughs> And he always kept the windows open in the room because he smoked so much weed. But he wouldn't smoke weed around us. Like he right. thought he was hiding it. And so the room, no, was, like the the room was always cold. The lights would be off. And we walked in and he's effectively watching like softcore porn with my girlfriend here. Like, <laughs> so yeah, so Kim had a great experience. But now when I think of Roadhouse, I can only think of the family guy or Roadhouse. Where Peter Griffin just walks around kicking people in the head. <laughs> That's a show that I, I tried. I just can't with Family Guy. If it's on, I won't turn it off because it's always good for like a surface level laugh. But it's just, yeah, it's not as funny as South uh, Park. Yeah, I, I tried the other day flicking it on just to see, and it wasn't great. But so for us, I remember my parents looking at me like, "The hell is this?" When we watched Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I, I think by that time my parents didn't pay attention. Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. The thing with Ren and Stimpy is, so the the Simpsons were bad because they said "damn right. bitch" or whatever. They'd say those words that right. you're allowed to say. And it was like adult situations, but in cartoon form. Right. But Ren and Stimpy was so clever that something's happening here. Yeah. I don't know why he's selling rubber nipples at the door. It was super gross. But there's something happening here, but it's not necessarily as... Man, I st- I, let, I let my kids watch rubber nipple salesman the other day, because it's the funniest... When that rubber wal- nipples. When that walrus says, call the police. <laughs> call, the police. <laughs> call the police. I die. 
This has hmm. been the least focused podcast we've ever done. Ever done. Uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, we should call it consultants. I think we should do. Um, I think we should do a podcast drunk one day. <gasps> drunk cast. I I think the other thing I think we should do is I think we should use this. I really think we've had this idea. It is copyrighted, so don't steal it. Of doing um, drunk drunk Bible, Bible stories. So like yes. doing like drunk history, but from Bible with Bible stories and using real like, real scholars. Like although you. I can think of one other one. I won't use his name. Someone get in trouble. But I can think of one other one that might come get drunk with us. He used to work at the school we used to go to. Oh yes. Oh yes. He would get drunk accidentally. We'd have to be subtle with him. Yeah, be subtle. Um, I no, it'd be fun to see some of those guys drunk. Um, that should be a we need to find very famous Bible people, get them tipsy, and podcast ask with them. What they think. People try. I think. I think you could do a funny one. Um, no, I would think if like you got one person from our church that was somebody that we knew, hey, go read this Bible study, like story, know the story really well, know some ins and outs of the story, and then we're gonna get you drunk and we want you to tell the story because that's how they do it. And like then, and then if we had the if we had the real production value, we could act it out again, which yeah. would be hilarious. I've I've always imagined it's you and me like falling. You're always gonna be like the guy in the story because you have the Bible beard. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's Moses. It's Jesus. It's God. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a beard like this. <laughs> Jesus can grow no man beard. Jesus had long hair and beautiful blue eyes. Um, <laughs> he's, no, I've he's always, white like you, though. So I've always imagined you and me hammered drunk. And I've always imagined, like, Ashley acting out part of Because I think she'd be funny on camera. I think she'd be demonstrative. and We should do top. it. It'd be fun. And, uh, yes. It's, it's coming. It's going to be there. So uh, so thanks for, thanks for listening. We're going to go uh, watch some... I think we're going to watch some basketball and drink some lunch beers. Except for me, because I gave up beer for Lent. But not tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day. I wrote that in the writer. (laughs) St. Patrick's Day. You love God terms. Hey, God. You love God terms. What's happening (laughs) this Friday? What if he said no? What if he's like, (laughs) like, came back and said, no, that's not okay. Um, So tomorrow's my... I'm not Catholic anyways. So tomorrow's my high holy day of of drinking parties. Um, If you want to find out... I will go drop kids off. Come drink. Have to go to work for like two hours. Really? Pick kids up, and then so hopefully the work will sober me up. You should come watch my band play it. And then I think that's their plan is to go back out again. Um, there's no way you'll be asleep. Justin does not stay awake long when he's been drinking. It's true. You can't maintain because I'm gonna start at seven thirty tomorrow morning, and I will, and then I start playing music at seven. So I have to be sober enough to pick up. Usually I can nap and rally. I can nap and rally that before I pick the kids up. That would be help. I have to pick up. I have to. I have to be able to play upright bass, mandolin, and maybe accordion tomorrow from seven to ten, and work the PA system. Ooh, we'll have a uh, at Red Tree. Uh, Eric Knutson and his violin player is gonna play some Celtic music. That's fun. I'm like, That's fun. There's no beer here. You know that, right? I told him that. I was like, you want to go with place no beer? Yeah, I think we're gonna play music informally oh. in the morning. But we should probably like plug that on Facebook or something. I think we're gonna go drink some beer, watch some basketball. So uh, thanks for listening. I don't know what we'll talk about next week because we don't know what we'll talk about next week. Uh, you got ideas? Tell us. I guess I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Uh, we'll figure it out. See you next week.